Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to episode 27 today. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, with my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, another week, man. Yeah, another week for me. Another week for me. Last week, obviously, we had the folks on from Roseland, but noticeably absent was uh, Josh Shelton. So, Josh, you know, Fiji, Japan, China, Africa, where were you last week when we were grinding away? Oh, man, I was uh, stuck in Louisiana doing some doing some work down here, man. Well, then we'll, we'll have pity on you if you were stuck in Louisiana because <laughs> no one wants to be there. So, we'll Amen. Cut, you a little, cut you a little slack. Well, uh, Ryan, we have a few articles we're going to go ahead and jump into today. There's uh, some interesting uh, interesting articles that we've, we've uh, ran into. One is Chevron, oil and gas investor. Or Chevron is unloading 64,500 net acres in the Central Basin platform. Looks like a, looks like a pretty, pretty good deal that Sabanon Energy is going to be getting here. Do you, any ideas why they're starting to sell so soon? Yeah, I think, Josh, you know, if you remember, it's been such a long time we're talking about uh, off-air that we've kind of done this, me and you, on the show. But if you remember, you know, a month or two ago, one of the things we talked about was we're going to see companies that are going to take their acreage and they're going to say, okay, I've got, I got a core group of acreage here, and then I've got some acreage out here and some acreage over there. And they're going to look and say, okay, do we want to swap? Do we want to sell? What do we want to do to make sure that we're bringing in the most revenue uh, the most effectively? And so I think that's what's going on here with Chevron. It's not, core, it's not part of their core business you know, um, as far as what they're wanting to do out in the permit. And so they're going, to, they're going to unload this. They have some more that they want to unload here. And so um, for them, I think what they're doing is that they're saying that we've got core acreage here, uh, and then this area over here, it's just it's just better for us to sell this off than to try to go out there to drill to build a pipeline to tie in the infrastructure uh, all all of the involved that process so I think that's really what's going on here and it's not gonna be the last time we see this we've talked about in the show before people swapping acreage and stuff like this and it's just part of that that, that process that we're looking at especially when the prices are low now if the prices were to shoot up to a hundred dollars a barrel and stay there for the next year you're not gonna see this anymore because people are willing to you know they're gonna make more money but but for companies like this uh, with Chevron they're smart they know what they're doing and they're trying to just reposition themselves yeah, so just to give a, a little overview, the, the acres that they're selling uh, average about 7,500 barrels per day. So EMP, Sabinol Energy, LLC, they're buying it for undisclosed amount. There's some estimates out there that say that it's worth about $400 million. And uh, like you mentioned, uh, Ryan, Chevron is wanting uh, to sell 200,000 acres. So this is about 65, right at 65,000. So I expect to see uh, another deal, uh, assuming that oil prices don't jack up like you mentioned. I, I expect to see another deal here probably in the next year uh, where they're going to probably unload some more acres. Um, one, of the, one of the things I, I'm curious about, when you see the oil prices go down, the value of this land goes down. It seems counterintuitive that they would sell um, when, it, when the market is declining because isn't the land worth less during that time? Well, you know, you got to think about it like this. This acreage was probably purchased back when, um, you know, the oil prices were, you know, a large barrel. And so there's a sense in which, um, you know, that's what they paid for it. And so now you've got to figure out how much does it cost you to drill? 
Um, is that an effective strategy for you? Now, I don't know a lot about Sabinol Energy, so I can't really say what their strategy is here. Um, but if you're going out today to buy to buy acreage, obviously the acreage would be cheaper. Um, but but it's kind of, that's kind of part of the problem these companies get in, especially if they're leveraged, is they'll come in and they'll buy acreage and then the price will plummet. Then you have to decide, okay, does this really fit into our business model? And it looks like for Chevron, it doesn't fit into their business model. They want to unload it. They want to get to someone else. And for Sabinol, um, I don't know if maybe they're, they have some in this area or if they're looking to you know, establish themselves and they thought this was a good deal, they're getting, according to the article uh, that, that we'll link to in the show notes f- for the listeners, it, you know, they're getting about $300 million worth of production already on the books, they're guessing, and another $100 million that, that's potential to be there. And so for Sabadol, maybe this is the deal that works for them. But, but yeah, you, you kind of had to step back and say, okay, you know, the, the price of the acreage is going up and down right now um, based upon the, the, the value of the barrel. But when this, when this was bought, the price of the acreage was was whatever it was, you know, and so it's kind of it's kind of a a weird way to look at it, you know. Whereas if you're in the housing market, you look at the house today and you buy a house today, the house is worth this, then the house goes down in two or three years, and you're like, oh, okay, I can get the house for cheaper now. The market's down. Well, that's not how it works in oil and gas because the acreage was where it was. I'm not saying they can't sell it for a deep for uh, for lesser value, obviously, but they're going to try to get as much of their money back out because that's what it, you know, that's just what they paid for it. Yeah, so if, if they buy it, if they when they bought it and it was a hundred dollars a barrel, they paid so much for the land that it's harder to profit off of that. It might be easier just to unload it because obviously the, um, you know, it yeah just yeah. makes more sense, right? Uh, so, yeah, so so yeah, so if you buying if you're buying something with the anticipation that the, the price of the barrel wool is going to be a hundred dollars a barrel. Um, you know, how you look at the, the acreage, you know, how you look at your whole business is different than when it's at 50. And then we get to 50, you go, okay, well, we bought this acreage over here for X amount of price when oil is $100 a barrel. And at that time, we thought, okay, you know what, moving rigs around, building extra pipelines, doing all this stuff, that's fine because the margin is greater. Now, with the margin tighter, you go, okay, that acreage is way over there. We don't have anything near to it, and it's going to cost us this. The break-even for that acreage is different than the break-even for our core acreage. And so... I bet we can sell it to someone who has acreage or is looking to get into the Permian uh, and either get back all of our money, maybe make a profit, or at least most of our money back. So that's what they're doing. They're sitting back and looking at the map and saying, yeah, you know what, was it 100? This acreage over here, we were ready to um, expand. You know, And also, you got to think about these companies, uh, especially like Chevron. You know, how they do business is a little bit different than other companies because they have multiple facets of, of um, multiple portfolios, rather, that they can do they can do business under, and so for them they're sitting back now going okay this this isn't wise. And if you look at the article, one of the things it points out is um, it looks like they're trying to be really safe on how they're doing the wells because uh, this I think it's the CEO of Chevron here. He says that um, you know they tripled the value of the position of, of a portion of its acreage simply by en- enabling longer laterals. So instead of drilling more wells, they're just drilling more. Uh, longer laterals on their wells, which is going to drive down their costs. So it looks like Chevron's trying to run, you know, lean and mean as they can right now, and uh, and so part of that's probably unloading this acreage that's outside of their core business. Yeah, uh, probably a good move. Probably a good move. Well, we have a uh, an insightful insightful article from the uh, FinFeed, American Patriot, a smaller company, is uh, is getting some. Some acreage from Solstice Capital LLC. Uh, not a lot. It, they're getting. Uh, does it have an acreage amount on here? They're paying four hundred, about four hundred thirty thousand. Uh, it's paying about th- about four hundred thirty thousand for some acreage that is producing about fifty barrels of oil per day. And uh, it, sh- it shows here that Solstice Capital recently filed a Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. Uh, so they've been working on this deal for about twelve months, but recently Solstice did. 
file bankruptcy and uh, and FinFeed. Uh, I mean, um, American Patriot is acquiring some of this, some of this, and I think this is their second second acquisition in the past six or so months. Yeah, and Josh, this kind of ties into what we we're just talking about. So, uh, if you read the article, um, and, you know, I know I know you have, but for the listeners' point, is that they're 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 estimating that the break even, um, the operating cost of these wells rather, is twenty two dollars a barrel. Which means that you know if the price is really if they cut if they're cut half from right now they can still make money. So the question is is why did this company before, you know why could they not make money if um, you know if these if this new company can make money twenty two dollars a barrel? And so you know we, we go back to that Chevron article for just a second. You know you look at it and you go okay for whatever reason Chevron goes you know what maybe we can make money maybe we can't it doesn't really matter we want to move this acreage and now uh, Sabinol is coming in and they're going to try to make money at that at that price point and maybe it works better for Sabinol. Same thing here American Patriots coming in they're excited because they're getting conventional wells that can go down to twenty two dollars a barrel when they're going to make some money at and so it's a good deal for them if you look at if you look at uh, American Patriot um, we're talking offline here you know their stock you know they're they're a very small company you know their stock price is really low and so for them. They're also trying to get on cash, um, and so they're 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 becoming cash positive, which is a good thing. So it's a lot of good things for America Patriot, but it kind of it kind of piggybacks off of what we we're saying, Josh. You know, just a second ago, you know, you look at these deals and you go, for what can't work for one, might can work for another. And here's kind of the extreme of that, where Chevron, to my knowledge, didn't file for bankruptcy, but this other company did file for bankruptcy in the same acreage, and someone's picking it up and going, "Good grief, this is a great deal for us." Yeah, and it looks it looks like it's gonna be a great deal for American Patriot just moving forward. Uh, they're getting it for I mean the price that they're that they're getting it. They should be positive within a year and a half. I mean they they should be cash flowing pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, I, I'm like you mentioned their stocks being low. Uh, something worth looking into. Uh, they, it certainly looks like a growing company to me, and it looks like they're making some pretty good moves. Yeah, it looks like a stable company at least. But 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 again, the, the question. You know, just uh, I just kind of batting around here. My mind is, is why could one company might make it work and the other company can't? But and, and, yeah, and that's, maybe that's, and maybe six months we'll be talking about uh, you know American Patriots in bankruptcy and they're selling to someone else. But for now, yeah. you know, but for now the deal looks good. It looks like it's a good deal, and um, and so it's one of those things where you kind of sit back and you know what doesn't work for one can work for another. And and that's when you look at these deals. You know, we've talked about a lot of deals on the show, Josh. You look at these deals, you're always curious: is this really a good deal or is it not? Because at the end of the day, um, you know. There, there's kind of these core based numbers that you're looking at, but then the execution of the strategy, you know, and then you're going to have problems and all that stuff. So the leadership team, you know, how can they overcome obstacles and stuff like that? And so, you know, what looks like a good deal on paper may not turn out to be a good deal, but I think it is, at least from the number standpoint, it looks like a really good deal, as you pointed out. Yeah, I think so. Well, Ryan, uh, I accidentally, I had a uh, something to announce at the, at the beginning of the show and I moved the article around. We had on uh, episode 25, Sean Strawbridge from the Port of Corpus Christi. Uh, he was on our show right after Hurricane Harvey hit, and he was talking about deepening that channel in the port of Corpus Christi. And uh, he mentioned on the show before there's any news out that that it had been approved. Well, I just did a follow up and saw that uh, our good friend Sergio Chapa has an article out at the San Antonio Business Journal where he's uh, documenting that this uh, it has been officially approved. There's a several infrastructure things. They're raising the bridge and doing a few things to deepen that channel. And uh, they're supposed to be begin on those projects by the end of the year this year. So uh, good things happening in Corpus, in, uh, in Corpus Christi in that port. And I uh, just wanted to follow up with, uh, with that conversations we had with Mr. Strawbridge uh, out of the port of Corpus Christi. 
Yeah, you know, Josh, what's funny about that is is that we don't break news on the show, right? We're not reporters, we're not right. out there in the field. And it was funny because on that on episode twenty five, as you mentioned, you know, we had on David Blackman, then we had Sergio on, and then we had on Sean, uh, Sean Strawbridge. And at the end of it, um, Sergio texted me after it was over. He said, hey, what, what was the big announcement? And so I told him, you know, what, what it was. And so um, because we release our show, we record on Friday, we release on Monday, we actually didn't get to break the news, you know. And so we had it first, we had the inside story, and it was kind of like, oh, man, you know what? We didn't get to break the news because, you know, just the way our, our release schedule works. But but technically, you could say it was, it was to my knowledge, we were the first to hear that uh, that news. So, uh, But kudos to Sergio. He's got a good article. We'll link to it on the show notes. And I think hopefully he'll be back on the show um, next week. There's been a lot of stuff. If you read Sergio Chapa, um, you'll see there's a lot of stuff that we talked about on the show that's uh, that he's been following. Um, so from episodes past that uh, that um, some companies that we've, we've mentioned on the show several times that there's some stuff going on down there in the Eagleford. So. Yeah, hopefully we can get uh, get him back on uh, next Friday. Maybe him and uh, Mr. Mr. Blackman. Well, uh, we have two more articles that we're going to jump into in just a minute. Uh, we have one that's pretty insightful from uh, OilPrice.com. Supermajor is preparing for a Permian bidding war. Uh, BHP announced that they have plans to divest 123,000 acres. Now, this is uh, something that. We're speculating about, but it looks like it's going to be a pretty serious deal. Um, and if you want to take a look at it, there's some good information here. Uh, if you're interested in, in following some of these things, could be a uh, just a tremendous uh, deal. This is going to be going on here pretty soon. Yeah, and Josh, on episode 23, uh, if you remember, I was down at NAEP, and Alan Gilmore came on from Drilling Info. He was the one who kind of started the whole thing up. I think he's now more of an advisory role as a chairman. But um, but this article is really good. You know, BHP announced, it's been about, about a month ago now, I think, or uh, three or four weeks maybe, that they were kind of getting out of the Permian. I think maybe all shell plates. I can't remember exactly what the news release uh, release read, but I know this was part of it. And so if you're interested in just kind of how these deals work and how these company, um, how these analysts are going to look at these deals, it's a really good article for that. Obviously, for us, you know, not a lot to get into today. We will follow up once the deal has been uh, finalized. And I'm curious to see, you know, if they if they're able to break it up or if they're going to keep it together. Um, you know, try to sell it as one big one big piece. You know, just like going back to the Chevron thing again. It's one of those questions. I don't know enough about their acreage. It's kind of listed here on um, on the article. But you know, what other companies are involved uh, in that area? How does it how does it fit into their plans? And so it, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to seeing what the result is. But yeah, Drilling Info, they do great work. And this is on oilprice.com. We'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah. And just to, just to recap, uh, there's one little piece in there where it gives some estimates of prices. So uh, there was uh, 92,000 acres sold for $2.25 billion and 250,000 uh, acres sold for $5.6 billion. So we're at 123,000 probably going to be somewhere in the middle. That's what they're kind of looking at. Uh, so I, a little, little piece of information there I thought was good that they, they bracketed that out. That's some yeah, helpful info. Yeah. Just outside of our budget, huh, Josh, for 20 Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, just, if it was just, if, they, if they'd break off about, you know, 99.999% of it, we'd be able to, to buy into uh, that, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a hair off, man, just a <laughs> just hair. Just a hair off the 2018 Texas and gas budget. <laughs> That's right. Well, we have one last piece of, uh, of information here. Uh, area development, article from area development. Uh, there's a operation in Midland, Texas, where they're building a customer support center. Uh, it's going to have about 100 jobs, and they're estimating that it's going to uh, pay out about $6 million a year in salary and benefits. So 100 people uh, totaling about $6 million in salary and benefits, and uh, they're supposed to begin working on that in 2018. And uh, again, that's in Midland, Texas. Um, 
so pretty interesting uh pretty interesting article here some good insights i think if if you live in the area uh, maybe some, something to follow yep yep if you're looking for a job there you go and you know if you are one of those companies who works with weir um in some capacity then now you know hey they're 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 getting out here to midland or if maybe your business ties in with them you know there there you go there's an opportunity for you so there's always multiple ways to look at this you have the direct way which is that they will be hiring people and then you have the ways that you know okay they're going to build a building so you know if you know someone in the contracting business or if your business does uh work you know would supply what they do or work for them then there you go also maybe you buy from them and so now you know um hey here, here, here they'll, they'll be out here in Midland. So a lot of different ways to look at it. But, yep, 100 jobs right there that we come to Midland over the next five years. Always good to see that there's jobs coming onto the market. Yeah, I, and I didn't do, I didn't dig too deep into uh, what exactly it is they sell or service. I know that they uh, miss parts and Yeah, uh, it says equipment. Yeah, equipment and service. Uh, uh, they're a leading supplier of equipment and services to the oil and gas sector. So uh, there's yeah, only a, a gazillion of those. And, yeah. <laughs> and, hey, and that's not a bad thing. We want a gazillion, and we want a gazillion more. So we're glad to hear that they're doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, that wraps up the articles we have for today, Ryan. Do we have anything that we need to announce, uh, anything to, anything coming up that's noteworthy? Um, you know, Josh, uh, I don't, I don't think so. There's a couple conferences that I was, I've been looking to go to, and so I don't really have any announcements on which ones I will be at and won't be at just yet. I was actually supposed to go to, uh, as you know, I was supposed to go to a solar conference this past week in Vegas, and that kind of got kiboshed with, uh, with my flight getting canceled. Flight, yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was that was a crazy deal, but. Um, yeah, I have. Um, there are some conferences I'm looking at, and hopefully by next week I'll be able to kind of tell you folks where I'll be at over the next month or two. I have. Oh, I do know. I do know one. Um, the the Society of Petroleum Engineers has a conference in uh, San Antonio, and so that's like October 9th, 10th, and 11th. I think uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. But I will be there for sure. And um, so that that's one. There's a few more that I'm looking to go to, and I will let, let everybody know. But uh, also, Josh, you know, we talked about drilling info. And Alan Gilmore, and we talked about their article, but also we kind of have, we can actually do the rig count now because of what they're doing on their website, which we'll link to in the show notes. But we have a rig count again. Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I was looking at that now. As soon as you mentioned drilling info, I popped over, and uh, the rig count is uh, 1,016. Uh, the U.S. rig count, and it also has a little. Uh, drilling info is actually pretty good, man. They have U.S. permits at 3,558. It's up 28 percent. So. Uh, yeah, we can we can get that thing rolling out again. Yep. So according to according to them, that's well. Now some of the pros and cons are the cons are since we're not a subscriber, we there, there's probably there there is more detailed into in, intel. But if you go to globalenergymedia.com on any of the articles right now at the bottom of the page, uh, there's just a basic rig count. If you click to that, then you can go to they're more detailed, which gives you the rig count, the permits, uh, production capacity, stuff like that. Uh, but it's just a U.S. rig count. We don't have uh, the advanced analytics from drilling info to give you the Texas numbers like we used to, but there is 1,016 rigs, and that's a 0% change since last week, according to them. But I will tell you this. Uh, talking to the folks at Drilling Info, and this isn't, they're not paying us to do this. It's just telling you when I was at the NAEP, one of the things I learned, they're using GPS on the rigs to track them. So, you know, they, they know where they're at. They know where they're going. They know where they're at on the well. Uh, well, Pat, if you remember, Alan Gilmore was talking about that. 
he didn't really get into some of the, the technology side of it, but I, I was there at NAEP, and I asked at the booth, I said, hey, how, how are you able to do this on a daily basis? Because Baker Hughes, you know, it's, it's a once-a-week type deal. And so they said, no, we actually have GPS on the rigs, and we're tracking their movement. And so um, if, you're, if you're looking for some data and stuff, you might want to check out Drilling Info. Again, this is not a, not a paid endorsement or anything. Just, just uh, was really impressed when I was at NAEP, just kind of hearing some of the, uh, the capacity that they have for, for data and analytics. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I'm going to keep up with it, follow it, and um, what uh, do you know what the cost is, Ryan, uh, to become a, a yeah, subscriber? Yeah, there, there's, there, you know, if you kind of look online, they, they kind of keep that close to the, close to, to, to the, uh, to the sales folks <laughs> type of things, but yeah. they have, and, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I think there's a couple different levels of service that they have, and it depends on your company type, but, um, but you know, it's, I think we brought them in a few years ago. It was either them or uh, another company. I can't remember. We brought in one of those companies, and, you know, we looked at it, and we thought, okay, you know, for us, the problem was, really, we at the time, we were probably paying for a little bit too much data than we needed, you know, and so it was kind mm-hmm. of a deal like, ugh. You know, there's a lot of good stuff here, but there's so much more that was really outside of our core business that we were having to pay for it just because, you know, they have it, right? And so, um, you know, and so it, um, we, we were impressed with, with who, I think it was really info, but whoever it was that we brought in, a company like this, we brought them in, we saw it like, oh, wow, you know, there's a lot of good stuff here, a lot of good intelligence that we could use. But at the end of the day, for us, it was just a deal where it was a little bit too much. Now, mm-hmm. um, with the oil prices like they are, I've actually reconsidered going back to them because I'd be willing now to pay for more intelligence that I need, more data that I need, because I'm trying to get business. You know, if business is tight, I'm going to pay for a little bit more. Um, when business is good, you know, you're willing to pay for a little bit less. And it kind of sounds counterintuitive, but from my standpoint, I was looking at it going, okay, well, I can find leads wherever I need them right now. If I can, if I can make the process easier, spend a little bit of money, sure, whatever. But but you know, back then, you could just find leads for companies all over the place. But now leads are a little bit tighter. Um, I have considered going back and looking at this again because you know I would be pay- I would be willing to pay a little bit more right now for a lead. Uh, because they are harder to find than I would have uh, in 2014. Yeah, that is, it is certainly counterintuitive, but it, it definitely makes sense. You oil's a hundred dollars a barrel, you could find a lead under a rock, man. Right, right, right. Now, some people may say, you know what? If you'd have paid for it back then, it wouldn't have been as tough to find a lead now. But you know, <laughs> yeah, that's maybe, right. you know, so maybe, maybe, uh, maybe my counterintuition what uh, kind of cost me at the end, but but it's what we chose to do, and so. Uh, but anyway, so no, I was really impressed, and I think. From where they were at the end to where they're at now, um, you know, they've they've really kind of grown their index. And um, so, anyways, yeah. So, globalenergymedia.com at the bottom right now of any article, you can see just the active rig count. And if you click on it, you can go to their page directly where they have uh, the stats that we're looking at right now. But uh, it is updated daily. So, if you're interested in the rig count and permits and stuff like that, um, it is U.S. based. So, just keep that in mind. It's going to include the Balkan and the um, and the Marcellus and the Utica and stuff like that. Awesome, awesome, well, Ryan. I think that uh, I think we're. I believe that's everything we had to cover today. Yeah, it feels yeah. feels strange not having guests on. We I, usually have a guest hops on here, and uh, I know, yeah. I know. We have um, a couple things for listeners to look forward to. We have Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton. I've been talking with his folks, and he's looking to come on. I think in we're going to try to get him on the twenty second or the 29th. So here in the next few weeks, we have a um, member of Congress of. Um, and then one of the one of the districts around Houston, I think, is also looking to come on. So we have a few guests that we're looking to get on that we haven't normally had on, and we've also had a few companies who have reached out to us and said, "Hey, we've done projects in Texas, and we want to come on and talk about those projects." And so Josh and I, we haven't really decided if we're going to do that or not. Um, 
but we do have some folks who have reached out to us, and we're, we're trying to figure out exactly what all's going on. So um, I am going to open that up for the listeners because you know, we do have a pretty vibrant uh, listener base. And so if you're interested in coming on the show and talking about, um, hey, you know, this is what we this is the project we worked on or something like that, and giving value to the listeners, we are considering that right now. Um, so shoot me an email, Ryan at globalenergymedia.com. That's Ryan at globalenergymedia.com. And, you know, we can, we can work through it. We hope maybe by the end of September – Early October, we can kind of figure out if that's something we're wanting to do. But we have had two companies who reach out to us already and say, "Hey, yeah, we would love to uh, to come on and talk about a project or a service that we've we've been able to execute on in Texas." So um, again, Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com is where you can send that information to if you're interested. And we will see you next week. And until then, keep climbing. Mm-hmm.